We're here at Love's Sweet Arrow in Tinley Park. We're joined by several sweet fur babies. Yeah, yeah. So we are actually recording a podcast right now from Hi, the darling. space here at Love's Sweet Arrow in Tinley Park. A better version of this recording will be released at a later date, but you get to see us warts and all right now if you are interested. Yeah, so we're here in Tinley Park at Love Sweet Arrow hey. for Romance Bookstore Day. Yes. It's very exciting for us. Chicagoland area finally has a bookstore dedicated to romance, and we're very excited to be a part of today with Love Sweet Arrow. Yes, super psyched. Got a couple of four-legged friends as well. Lady looks very dapper in her. Thunder jacket. Yes. My dog has to wear one too. <laughs> I get it. Confidence building through a constant hug. I love it. I love Thunder Shark. Everybody needs an embrace. All right. Yeah. Everyone feel free to come on in, grab a seat, uh, and we'll officially kick things off. Yeah. And by officially kick things off, we make a loud noise so that our producer knows we've stopped just talking to each other. <laughs> So we can cut out all that early stuff. Shout out to Nick, who can't be here because he's in Seville, Spain. Yeah. It's a hard knock life for that guy. That poor guy. Yeah, or he's on the beach in Morocco. I don't know which. He's having a time. He's having a time. (laughs) But what could be better? All right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm Morgan. I'm Isabeau. And And this this is Womance, a podcast about romance novels. Anthologies. It's about New York City. (laughs) It's also about the Philippines. It's about short stories. It's about pronouns. It's about the wit of brevity. It's about navigating yourself as you change and transform into your most authentic self. Yeah, it's about glow ups. Yeah! But most of all, it's about that first thing. Romance novels. And ourselves. This week, we are going to discuss one of the short stories from the anthology Start Here by Romance Class, based out of the Philippines. Hashtag Romance Class. Yeah, so Romance Class is a writer's collective out of the Philippines specifically. They do amazing stuff, both online and in book form as we have here. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of workshops, and this is one of the things that came out of not only the collective, but specifically their workshop. So these stories are from young, up-and-coming writers who have a lot to say. Yeah, and and for those of you who are wondering why it sounds so different from Isabeau's dining room, it's because we're not in Isabeau's dining room. We are inside Love Sweet Arrow here in beautiful, glamorous Tenley Park, Illinois, celebrating Day. Romance and Bookstores Day. Woo! The first annual. This is the inaugural. You'll be able to look back and tell young people that you were here. That's so cool. It is pretty cool. It is the first one. And strengthening the relationship between independent bookstores and the romance novel community. Um, so we're really excited to be a part of that. We're really excited to be at our very own Midwest is Best local romance bookstore. We are. Yeah. The relationship between romance novels and independent bookstores doesn't get much stronger than a bookstore dedicated to romance. And I do want to mention that they sell new books as well as used books, which is my personal favorite. The gently loved on section at <laughs> Love Sweet Arrow is top notch listeners. Yeah. And also shout out to Love Sweet Arrow for plying us with Cooper's Hawk brand white wine. (laughs) It's really nice. The libations are flowing and so are the opinions. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so let's get started. We're going to go off order, but I actually think it's more important to talk now about why we selected this book and also why we selected this specific story that we're going to talk about. Sure. So I'd like to start with why we selected this book. One of the things that I love about romance that I don't think gets talked about enough is that the novella is not dead and the short story form is not dead. This is a genre that is dedicated to multi-lengths of stories. And I think having an anthology of short stories where you get to hear lots of different voices and you get to hear lots of different stories and see all of the ways in which HEAs are working out. And you also get to watch writers grow. So like, you know, lots of people Mm -hmm. have a favorite writer come from fan fiction or from somewhere else, like a short story. And then like their novella comes out at Christmas and then two years later, they've got a book and you've been with them the whole time watching them grow. And I think that's one of the things where it's like the New York Times always does something where it's like the novella is dead. And I'm like, New York Times, read romance. They do now. We have an editor dedicated just to romance. Thank God. Johnny come lately times. No kidding. Um, So yeah, so you selected this book. Okay, to be perfectly honest, part of this is the fact that we didn't have a lot of time to read a new book to record once we planned this. Just to be totally transparent. So we were interested in reading like a novella or something, (laughs) short story anthology, because like Isabeau said, that's a really important part of romance and the way we like support writers and the way we get voices out there. It's a very communal arrangement. We talk all the time about how romance is about women supporting women and one of the key ideas of feminism is that we're not going to have a patriarchal hierarchy we're going to spread it around we're going to have a communal arrangement and so I think that really comes through whenever we talk about anthologies and big name authors lending their names sharing bylines with voices that they want to elevate so yeah signal boosting anthologies is a great way to do that and I think start here is a lovely anthology as you're talking about voices where every HEA in start here is is a queer HEA where Mm -hmm. it's like all of these stories you get to see yourself and you get to see it from start to finish too where it's like some of these stories are about people who are navigating body authenticity for the first time and they get to have their happily ever after as much as anybody else. Yeah, one of the two editors of the book, there's an address at the beginning from Ronald S. Lim and he writes, I never got those stories when I was young but that doesn't mean today's young gay, lesbian or non-binary kids can't get those stories now. Here they get their kisses in the moonlight, their New York romances, their passionate lovemaking after being soaked in the rain. Here, in some small way, maybe we can make their life easier. And I love that because I think it speaks to the power of romance and the happily ever after, which I have a contentious relationship with, but that's fine. That's fine. But it does speak to the power of that specific part of romance that's so exciting. Shout out to everyone who's joining us on Instagram and Facebook Live. Special shout out to Nick, who just texted and told us our sound isn't working on the Facebook Live. <laughs> all the way in Spain and still helping us with our sound. sound. Typical. Well, the sound is working on the actual recording. I can see it. Yeah, well, that's good. Bouncing around there. All right. It's just very funny to me. So that's why we chose this book. It wasn't all convenience. We did think it through. It was a thought exercise. But why did we choose the specific story we did, which is Gorgeous by Matsi Dapul? So you narrowed down the stories for me to I choose did. from that we would discuss. Why did this one make the final cut? So when I read an anthology, I read the first 
first story and the last story because they're usually the strongest. That's why the editors pick them because you want to start off with a bang and you want to end with something that leaves your readers wanting. That's sort of like a baseline of how anthologies work. And so you put a lot of what I would call fluff in the middle. So I read the first story and the last story. <laughs> Which you would gently term fluff. fluff. Something that isn't quite ready to be first or last. And then I went through the middle and I was looking for more erotic, more explicit stories. I was looking for sweet stories. And then based on that, I sort of narrowed what I thought was better writing in terms of like... So you wanted it to have a pieces. real point of view whenever it came to sex. Yeah. Okay. I didn't want it to be ho-hum about sex. Okay. Got it. So it's either going to be a sweet romance or a steamy romance. Yeah. Like none of this like, and then we kissed for seven hours. Can I ask you a question? Maybe it's like a question the audience can help me out with because yeah. I know we've got some romance writers here. What's the line? When does it stop being a sweet romance? Fondling. <laughs> Somewhere before me. I think sweet is closed door off page. Closed door off page. So it does happen. It's just we're not privy to it. Well, yeah, it can happen off screen. Yeah. So it's not like summer camp rules, like over the shirt stuff is fine. Nothing like that. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like those membranes are porous. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so Our interesting. This is okay. <laughs> By the time you're rounding third, fading. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Well, that's good to know. That is. I feel like that's a really good like jumping off point to work with. Yeah. Did you do it correctly? Kind of. I mean, anything <laughs> that was like very explicitly fade to black, I was like, okay, that's a sweet. But anything that was sort of like, and then, and then, and then I'm like, but none of this is explicit. So it's like flesh touched flesh. And I was like, well, what flesh? Like what <laughs> body part are you talking? Fingertip touching. But yeah. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Anything that I was <laughs> Like, I'm not sure where on a body knees, we are. Knees bumped. Knees were bumped. You know, I just, uh, yeah. I wanted it to be specific. And if it was specific and it's fade to black, fine. And if it's specific and it's explicit. I've got to be honest. It seems kind of like it would be extra difficult if you're writing a short story to do anything in between sweet or erotic because the space to do the build that seems really tricky yeah I feel like again that's like something that you understand with time like because in romance pacing is so important so like you need that anticipatory build and then you need that catharsis and then you need a denouement and that's like about the space of a short story or like a specific kind of sex scene and yeah writers are growing in this anthology and that's fine (laughs) fine. but like short story in and of itself is such a craft like you know if you go to like a workshop they want to see your short stories first because they want to see how your structure is and how your writing is in a really tight turnaround that doesn't beg too much of your classmates Yeah. So anyways, we got off track there. That's fine. That's totally fine. (laughs) So I chose the story Gorgeous out of what was narrowed down because Gorgeous has a lot of stuff going on, which is one of my favorite things about the romance genre is that you can get these like very interesting mashup ideas. And so this one is a non-binary enemies to lovers, bully to hero story. Yep. Yeah. It also takes place over continents. 
sense and over time. Yeah. I mean, we're making a lot of moves in a real short it space. Does so much stuff. I mentioned this earlier when we were in our panel, but this is the short story where you see the text message exchange and you're wondering, I wondered what the ellipses were, <laughs> right. but it was like demonstrating that the person was thinking about sending a text and then didn't, which was really interesting. So do you want to do the plot summary of Gorgeous? No, I want you to do the plot summary. <laughs> I mean, I asked the question, so this is what I get. So Gorgeous is about a young woman. She grew up in the Philippines. She went to an all-girls school and she was bullied. She felt mousy when she was growing up. She moves to New York City to become an artist and she actually achieves that dream. Like that's her job, her full-time job. And she also kind of creates herself. So she starts coloring her hair and getting really interesting styles. She gets lots of tattoos and she kind of reforms herself. And she starts online dating after one of her former classmates moves to New York and is constantly regaling her with these crazy horror stories of Tinder, which as someone who is in a long-term relationship, I love to hear the Tinder stories. It's really fun for me because I'm not in danger <laughs> while listening to them. And so our main character, who is not named through the text, she's listening to her friend CJ tell these stories and eventually her friend CJ is like, you need to put yourself out there. You got to make this happen. So CJs are like, go get her friend. Mm-hmm. And our main character is feeling lonely. She takes the train to Queens to Little Manila and she meets this person and they immediately have a connection. Their name is Jays. They're non-binary and they show her around. They take her out to eat. They have this wonderful encounter and then like all of the most perfect meet cutes, they forget to exchange numbers, but they reconnect on Tinder. They sure do. Yeah. And as their relationship is progressing, they eventually get to the spending the night stage and our heroine notices a class portrait from her same school and realizes Jay's is actually her childhood bully who I think said, I hate you at one point to her. To her face. Yeah. And she said, why? And Jay's said, well, just look at you. And so she cuts Jay's off from her life, kind of blocks the number, ignores it, and And then Jay's works really hard to reconnect. She opens herself up to the experience, realizes that they're both different people. They've both grown a lot and that they've remained the same in all the ways that really matter and make them so compatible. And they fall in love. Yay. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. That's it. One of the things that I loved about this short story was that if you are not at all familiar with gender non-binary or like the idea of dead naming or misusing pronouns, this book, without being condescending or patronizing, walked a reader through that. One of our characters dead names another and they're immediately like, don't do that. This is why you don't do that. This is why it's hurtful. And it's actually hard to have a conversation about that without sounding condescending in a short space and I never felt condescended to I always felt like this is real between the two characters where someone's like learning something new about their community or someone's like in a moment of ignorance is being corrected and I thought that was like really authentic for the story in a way that didn't detract or like move me out of the love story itself I think oftentimes whenever we have stories that also have a project right of teaching us something or educating us about something it can come across as talking down to the reader 
readers. And this short story doesn't do that, like Isabeau said. It does a really great job speaking peer-to-peer to its readership. Yeah. Which in general is something that seems really difficult to do. I, sometimes I even feel condescended to when someone's explaining a corset to me <laughs> in a historical <laughs> romance. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It was uncomfortable. It had a lot of strings. Yeah. Yeah. And in this way, like the movement of this book was really funny. I usually don't like redemptive stories about bullies. I mean, everyone's deserving of love, blah, 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 blah. Bullies can be redeemed, I guess. And like bullies hate themselves, blah, blah, blah. That's not my jam. I'm just like, bullies deserve bad things to happen to them. (laughs) But this story like really reclaimed Jasmine, Jay's. Like I saw those moves, like self-hatred really does manifest really in ugly ways and is often as at once it's pointed inward, it's pointed outward. And like that outward damage usually has sort of like a pretty big radius before people can rein that back in. And in that way, I was like, okay, I guess. We previously read Never Sweeter. Have any of you read Never Sweeter? It's another bully redemption story, but in addition to bullying the heroine in high school, the hero drove a car into her. (laughs) And then she fell off a cliff (laughs) and couldn't go to college for two years. And then she meets him again (laughs) later. And everyone's like, it's such a good book. And I was like... People loved it. One of our problems with it was like, he was enough of a jerk. Like, it was angsty enough with him just bullying her. He didn't need to ram his car into her to create an interesting story. And I think this book also does a good job of navigating not driving a car into the other party. There's enough angst there without overdoing it. It's just bad enough when someone says, well, look at you. Yeah, exactly. That's an emotional truck. Exactly. And it also talks about how our main character is able to kind of reconcile that in a different way because she's like, actually, the thing I resented the most were the people who were cruel to me but wouldn't acknowledge it. And so whenever this person very directly attacked her, she was able to kind of rationalize it as like, at least they're being honest with me. And so this Mm -hmm. rationalization had been going on for a while and the character does work through that. So that felt more honest than ever sweeter for me. For sure. At least a little bit more conscientious. Not only conscientious, but also adult. Like teens do bad things to one another, you know, and like adults have to work through that as like we all go through being a human and like figuring out (laughs) what happened to us as kids. And this, you know, story really dealt with that, I thought. Did you just say teens do bad things to one another? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to be a teen, y'all. Man, (laughs) even just being around them for any amount of time, you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. You're right. Your hair does matter. (laughs) So I love teen stuff. It's so dramatic. Yes, it is so dramatic. All right. So let's get into our normal structure. Do you want to start with sexiest part or weirdest part? I do want to start with sexiest part now that you mentioned it. Okay. So my sexiest part. You're going to take the one I want to do. Is it the dry humping? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Longtime listeners know that Morgan and Isabeau think that there's not enough dry humping in romance. It's been having a moment. So when they dry humped for seven hours and both of and the, and the story says an orgasm apiece, no clothes taken off. I was like, yeah. I'll accept it. Going back to the sweet romance question, does dry humping, does that still count as a sweet romance? No. Audience says no. No. Audience skin says no. Getting to steamy once you get to dry humping. Is it the orgasm or is it the humping? Uh- <laughs> Listen, it can still be a sweet romance if they wrap things up in 10 minutes. <laughs> Seven hours and we're basically in sting territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I love whenever that was like becoming a big thing and everyone was like, Sting has sex for seven hours. And he was like, I mean, it depends on your definition of sex, which probably isn't my definition of sex. And just left it at that. And I was like, what's happening, Sting? What does that mean? 
like he's like my day i start having sex with my morning coffee the other person doesn't even need to be there i take care of some household chores still having sex i mean it's a joy really it's a joy of sex you find pleasure in everything you do yeah you never work a day in your life nope and you're having sex like sting <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, dry humping was the sexiest. Was what I was going to say. One of the things I did like, I guess, like a, a little flutter moment is whenever she rediscovers Jay's on Tinder. I can't imagine what that would be like to be like in an, a city the size of New York and have this fleeting moment with someone, and she's kind of resolved like this is going to be just like a beautiful memory. It's like serendipity, right? And then she actually sees the person, and that they also matched with her. That would be so reassuring. Not only reassuring, but I think like it also helps me understand, like as someone who doesn't online date, it helps me understand like the instant adrenaline rush of it. Cause like I felt it in the book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You get that instant adrenaline rush. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. In the book. The book made it fun. It did. And it didn't make it scary. I'm, and I know that there are parts of Tinder that are like absolutely terrifying and really unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Any of you on Tinder? Yeah. Yeah. All the Very joy and cool. all the terror. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> I had a male friend who was on Tinder, and I was like, "You should put as your profile and just see what happens." I hate dogs, and I've never seen Game of Thrones because I feel like that's every profile on Tinder. It's like I love dogs, and I love Game of Thrones. Yes, and oh yeah. You have like a giant Uh, did you see that picture of me holding the fish is that what did it for you (laughs) is that what got you uh, and your engines revving oh god fish I mean I like fish as much as the next person fishing it is nice in the way baseball is nice that I like to like sit out in the sun and drink beer yeah that's nice (laughs) All right. weirdest part weirdest part it's always for me going to be the bully thing I think I have yet to read a story that fully makes the bully okay and what they did okay. Like, look, bullies go on and live full rich lives. We know this one's president, but they, <laughs> the idea that like your victim would ever be able to form like a romantic attachment to you in that way, that's not really messy and kind of like, well, the victim should be in therapy probably if it matters that much. And I think that's what is so weird for me is that you did not matter that much to your bully. They probably don't sit around and think about, I wonder what the narrator of this story is doing right now. I, I mean, so in the case bad. of this book, yeah, exactly. I'm full of regret for everything that I did. Like, that doesn't really happen. And so it just starts with this crazy imbalance of like, you really caring that that person loves you now. The implication that this is a work of fantasy and that that's part of the fantasy hurts a little bit. Yeah, it's like the reclamation or like the restorative of trauma and like the restorative isn't like truth and reconciliation reconciliation it's like romance yeah that's a bridge too far I mean this one wasn't as bad as never sweeter which is obviously my like par excellence of terrible but yeah it's like that the reconciliation has a romantic component where it's like I can understand wanting closure and having someone say oh my god I have thought about you and how I hurt you and like I want to say I'm sorry like I can imagine that feeling like really good and that part of the fantasy makes so much sense to me but like as soon as it like turns into seven hours dry humping I'm like somebody needs to go to therapy yeah yeah someone needs to work this through with a disinterested third party that they're paying yeah that's 
just that just seems best for everyone. Yeah. All right. What was the weirdest part for you? You can't take mine. I'm not taking yours. My weirdest part was the first person narration. That's, oh. Yeah, that's usually going to be hard for me. I love a disinterested third or even a close third. And <laughs> our narrator is funny. But yeah, I just, there were parts of it where it's like the narrator thought they were too clever. There were a couple of moments where I like eye rolled and was like, Mm-mm, that didn't work for me and would have maybe worked if it was in third person. So it takes me a minute to get into first person because I like having access to other people's feelings. And I think especially in terms of bullies, it probably would have made it easier for me to understand those feelings. But having a close first where they're projecting all of their feelings and then assuming all of the feelings. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like once you get into first person, like you're assuming everything of the other party and your romantic relationship. And I've been to couples counseling and I've been told that's bad. So um, (laughs) yeah, one of the things I like most about romance is like, you know, somebody does something stupid and like the next chapter we're suddenly in their perspective and they're like, oh my God, that was so dumb. I feel so bad. What am I going to do to fix it? Like, I really love that. And the working through in this kind of, it adds extra weight to a, a short story, which you don't want. There's this whole scene where our narrator invites her friend CJ and she's like, would you recognize me on the street? Because she has to know that Jay's didn't know who she was. And she goes through this whole conversation, which is like not actually a resolution, but it is for our narrator. And so that's part of why it feels dissatisfying, the conclusion that they end up in a romantic relationship. Because you're like, how do you know Jay's didn't know who you were? And was just like playing dumb about it. You don't actually know that because we don't get Jay's perspective. But overall, I would say this story was a romance. I would also say that this whole collection for me is a romance. This was a really good collection, especially for like independently published, great stories, really fun stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like if you just kind of want to dip in, like maybe you had like a really annoying day, you can just tap in here, 20 pages, you're done. You've read a whole story. Meet cute to H-E-A. Exactly. And that's what it is where it's like you don't really have to invest a ton in a ton of characters or like a ton of time. There's a deliriously adorable one where these two gentlemen in their 30s end up at a K-pop concert because one of them is there with their (laughs) niece and one of them is there with their much younger sister and they don't know what to do and they're like trying to learn the jargon and the lingo of K-pop and they just really love the young women that they're with and then that's their meet cute. It's just so cute. So yeah, I would highly recommend this anthology. I got this in print right here at Love Sweet Arrow. One of my favorite stories also, they meet in a bathhouse. I think this does a really great job of talking about like what it's like to date in the modern era and how what it takes to meet people and putting yourself out there and kind of how you make the decision like I'm gonna take this to the next level which seems so much more difficult and tricky but I really love these stories they are not concerned with how timeless and classic they're gonna be there's all sorts of references that are gonna make people laugh in 30 years but that's okay yeah that's not the project like this project is so very much in this moment where it's Mm -hmm. like these are stories for a community by a community so that everybody gets to see their HEA yeah it's a romance for me too look at that thank you Love Sweet Arrow and our first live audience ever for <laughs> Womance. Um, this was wonderful. You guys were right. All right. With that. Loosen your stays. But never your principles. Mwah. Whoa, indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. All editing and music is done by Nick Gravelin. Our logo is by Mary Reichman. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. 
Feeling woeful about having to wait a whole week for more romance? Well, cheer up, Buttercup. You can creep or connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, or our website. Our webpage is womancepod.com. If you prefer to be more verbose and or direct, why not send us an email? We're womancemail at gmail.com, and we can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listing app. Until next week.